Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You're listening to the first and only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Hear from independent pharmacy owners, leading entrepreneurs, political strategists, healthcare technology trends, career coaching, interviews about our pharmacy industry, and more. Be sure to subscribe to the show via iTunes and leave us a voice comment from our contact section on the website. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. Hi, this is Tom Hannigan. I'm a partner in Liquid Hub's healthcare practice, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast. This is your host and founder, Todd Yuri, and I tell you what, things have been blowing up. I've been getting into uh, subjects that I absolutely love to talk about. John Nosta just came back on. Uh, we had Jerry Farney talking about integration. We had American Well talking about telemedicine and telehealth. Um, it's like I'm in the most joyous of sandboxes because now I'm following up with these rock stars that are transforming uh, analytics in uh, our healthcare system and doing what they're doing. Uh, thank you so much, Joey, for reaching out to me um, in, in asking if I wanted to do this show, and it was a yes, yes, yes. I am so excited to, to introduce the Pharmacy Podcast first time podcasting uh, guests here, the Liquid Hub team, uh, Shabir uh, Ahmed, and we also have on with us Tom Hannigan. And I also wanted to reference the title of the article that we're going to be talking about today, Liquid Hub Teams with Management Science Associates, MSA, to deliver de-identified patient-level data pharmaceutical manufacturers. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. How are you guys today? We're good, Todd. Thank you, Todd. Good morning. Good morning. So let me tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll lay some groundwork. Uh, obviously, the majority of our listeners are in the pharmacy industry, health system pharmacists, community pharmacists, independents, long-term care and institutional, and the, the most uh, growing space um, of my listeners and also the industry, which is specialty pharmacy. And what interests me and got me excited about Liquid Hub in this article was the fact that in drug development, if a drug developer could tap into a database to understand how a patient has progressed through different stages of their therapy, there could be some adjustments from things like pharmacogenomic studies where drug efficacy comes into play, and then also uh, survey collection uh, research uh, of how that um, drug is really affecting the emotional side of the patient, uh, the, uh, the after effects of medication in different stages. So what I'd like to do is start out with Sabir and just have you give an overview to the listeners. What is Liquid Hub and how does this plug into the rest of our um, healthcare system and especially with pharmaceutical manufacturers? So, so Todd, if you're okay with it, I'm going to ask Tom to do that. Sure, Tom, you are up, and I'm excited to hear. Um... Sure, thanks, Todd. So a little bit about uh, Liquid Hub. So Liquid Hub is a global consulting firm. We're headquartered uh, in your area, just outside Philadelphia, PA, uh, and we primarily serve clients in the healthcare and financial services sectors. Um, our founder, Jonathan Brassington, founded the firm in 2001, and really over the last 15 years, we've grown into uh, a global consultancy. We have about 2,000 uh, consultants across the US, Europe, and Asia. Um, and our focus as a firm has really evolved over those past 15 years. Um, really, in the last five, we've seen a lot of our clients really recognize the value of having an, kind of an integrated view of their customers. Um, and for us in the life sciences and healthcare space, 
It's really about patients and healthcare providers. Um, but we describe ourselves as a, a next generation digital agency. And really what that means is we've pulled together the creative aspects you'd find in your typical agency with uh, really strong technology experts that can do the technical execution. And, and we're broken down into a few different practices. We have a, an advisory studio that works with clients really to define these digital strategies. Uh, we have a creative studio that works to you know, design a great user experience. So when you think about a patient going through their therapy, we really want that experience to be great and seamless and, and you know, provide the manufacturer with an integrated view of how that's working. And then obviously all the creative that goes to support that. Uh, and then finally, we've got some great technologists that do the execution. So whether it's building out, you know, portals and mobile applications that patients are using um, right through the analytics that our manufacturer clients are using to really get a view of that patient journey and be able to, you know, get more patients on therapy and keep them more adherent with their therapies. So it's being delivered uh, both to patient touch and patient connection, but then also uh, some of the data um, is also being shared with the pharmaceutical manufacturers. Is that correct, Tom? Yeah, we primarily work on behalf of the manufacturers. And when you think about a manufacturer launching a new drug, uh, there's a whole myriad of, of stakeholders in that chain. So, uh, you know, when the doctor first writes a prescription or a patient is for, you know, first diagnosed, all the way through um, a lot of the efforts the manufacturers are, are undertaking to keep patients adherent with the therapies. So uh, lots of vendors are involved, lots of systems, lots of points of data collection. And really where we fit in, you know, as Liquid Hub, is how do we pull all that together to provide the manufacturer with a consolidated view and just give them insight that they didn't have even three, four, five years ago as to what's happening with that patient. Very good. Uh, so what's fascinating to me is knowing that this data is available, what the challenge uh, from my perspective is, is how do you get them to pay attention to it, to being delivered to them in the way that you're able to uh, pack it, package it, manage it, and then basically make them a subscriber. How? How's that happening between Liquid Hub in a pharmaceutical manufacturer? So, so typically we're engaged by the manufacturer, either when they're ready to launch a drug. Oftentimes we're engaged with a manufacturer a year before they're ready to commercialize a product. And, and during that year, and I'll let Shabir speak to this as well, um, he has a team of experts that work on the kind of planning and the, the channel, um, you know, channel consulting side of it. So uh, as they're ready to launch a drug, um, who are the pharmacies that are going to, you know, be able to distribute this product? Who are the nursing services providers? Who are the distributors, wholesalers? Uh, what Shabir and his team do is work with all of those constituents to come up with, a, you know, how are we going to pull this together um, and really come up with a plan that will drive the launch uh, scenario for the manufacturer. So, Shabir, give us some background on how your team's working with uh, pharma and making it easier for them to um, digest that type of data that, that, that you're preparing or in the way that you're uh, setting up the interface? Sure. So, 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 Todd, one of the things to keep in mind is um, when we're doing this, and it's really being driven today a lot by specialty pharmacy uh, due to sort of the cost and the extra care, or I guess the special care needed for patients going through a specialty pharmacy, there, there is this need for pharmaceutical manufacturers that are um, classifying some of their products in the specialty pharmacy area to actually manage patients more closely. And a bit of history, if you think about 10 to 15 years ago, 
when specialty pharmacy was a sort of nascent fledgling industry, it was really uh, there was no need to for manufacturers to focus on patients as much. They were very used to focusing on the uh, the prescriber, which would have been the physician. But now, uh, as as there are there's a lot more competition in the space. The space has grown uh, almost tenfold in the last ten years or so, and 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 the fact that. The products themselves have become uh, more readily and easily available to patients. Uh, I, I think there's a renewed focus from manufacturers to really work, look at it from a, every patient scenario so no patients are left behind um, and are, have access to the therapies that they're coming out with. And what, what we do with, with manufacturers really is actually sit down with them, try to understand um, if, they are, if they have a new product coming out, uh, for example, a, a, an oncology product that's going to address something in uh, a specific uh, oncology area, multiple myeloma, et cetera, we'll sit down with them and try to understand what, what types of uh, KPIs they're trying to measure, to un- not, not only understand the journey that patients are going to, to actually get on therapy and stay on therapy, but also what are their prescribers experiencing, uh, what do internal stakeholders look for? And ultimately, and, and I think, you know, we're just kind of at the cusp of this, but also understand sort of health outcomes that they're trying to understand and, and present back to their their uh, potential buyers, which are the health insurance payers in the market. So there, there's a focus across all of those components with the patient at the center. And, and we focus really on our experience of understanding data from many different sort of uh, sources of information. So a, a large part of our information actually comes directly from pharmacies. Uh, and then another uh, another set of that may come from other uh, physician offices. It could be could be group purchasing organizations, distributors, et cetera. And, and we, we do glue all of this together. But that initial phase is really working with the manufacturer to understand and, and help them craft a strategy that not only looks at their commercial uh, uh, reasons for getting data, you know, paying their sales up, et cetera, but also look, you know, how do you service patients and ultimately look at health outcomes. Yeah, I follow the specialty pharmacy market pretty closely and the evolution of technology leverage to do that type of management. And it's, um, it's amazing to me to see how the hairs of data collection are being split to be much more detailed. Um, the manufacturers require certain uh, metrics to be reported back to them from these specialty pharmacies, which is why specialty pharmacies even called specialty pharmacy. Although I think in the next five to seven years, uh, that's probably that term will probably float away because of the influx of what reimbursement covers uh, that's considered a specialty med versus a non-specialty med, and and so many of those dollars are being spent on the specialty side. Right now, I think it's like 50-50, uh, 50% specialty meds, 50% everything else. So if that's to eclipse through these these gargantuan provi- uh, meds, these drugs in the disease states like Humira and Advair and Remicade and anything else that's taking place, I think it's huge to be able to start collecting other facets of data, being proactive. And actually, I could see, I could see Liquid Hub being part of a teaching initiative back to the manufacturers to collect additional data. Uh, I know that they're paying attention. I know that there are large specialty pharmacies actually helping the manufacturer to extend the data that's being collected on the on the therapy. But uh, a provider and a technology uh, company like 
uh, Liquid Hub. You guys are in the right place at the right time. Yeah, Todd, it's, you, you made a comment earlier about how the, the pharmaceutical manufacturers and the pharmacies and other channel partners haven't always played well. And, and a lot of it comes down, you just mentioned education, a lot of it comes down to not understanding each other's world. And that's really where we fit in. Uh, you know, when we're working with the commercial teams in a large pharmaceutical manufacturer, they really don't understand how a pharmacy works. They don't understand the operations. Um, and when you're in the, the pharmacy, you're trying to do the best job for the patient, not collect data. So when these two worlds come together, a lot of what we do is try to, uh, you know, get the manufacturers folks to understand how the pharmacy works, you know, what they can do, what they can't do. Um, and from the pharmacy point of view, we try to work with them to understand how the manufacturer is using that data. And then we're really focusing on what's important to drive a better patient experience. We're not collecting loads of data just for the, you know, the fun of collecting data. Well, think about this. Um, you know, the sensitivity of some of these uh, pharma policies with communication of what the drug does. You look at that 10-page leaflet that is always uh, packed into packaging or even a magazine ad, for goodness sakes. And it's all about the legality side of things. Uh, TV commercials about, um, you know, pharma products and medications coming out are scrutinized. Uh, from my point of view, I think it's some of them are very insincere. And, and what I'm thinking is, is the education part, not only to the specialty pharmacy, then the specialty pharmacy back to the manufacturer, then the manufacturer taking that information and pushing it back to the specialty pharmacy provider. But then all of a sudden it's all being rolled up and it needs to be communicated back to the patient because here's the thing. If that patient is not adherent, what's going to happen to that patient? They're going to backslide in their care and they're going to probably end up back in the hospital or, or even worse. And uh, all of those dollars spent um, to get that patient to that point, to that point in therapy are basically lost. So to be able to wrap up all of this complexity, all of this data from the specialty pharmacies provider and that specialist in that disease state, the manufacturer's communication must be working fluently with um, with specialty pharmacists, but then to package it and make it simple for uh, patients to participate in their care, encouraging them to do so, especially from their mobile phone because everybody's holding a mobile phone, and making it even even fun to 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 take some type of survey at day seven or day thirty eight in your therapy or whatever's happening. This is all so necessary. So I think we're in an industry, uh, Brian and Sabir, that's just going to explode. So to be Liquid Hub at this point, uh, you guys are in the right spot. That's so, great. Yep, we feel the same. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about patients for a second. So we understand and I understand that relationship, how it flows between specialty pharmacy and, and, uh, and manufacturer and back again and that cyclical effect and the symbiotic need to have that flow of data. But let's talk about the patient. So. What is Liquid Hub doing specifically with a GUI interface or a front-end interface uh, to really touch the patient and to make things easier in, in communicating to that patient? So, Todd, we, we work across the entire commercial environment. So we have teams that, uh, you know, really are experts in uh, mobile applications or uh, portal applications. When you think about a patient logging into a, a manufacturer brand site and, and trying to get more information about the drug or 
uh, signing up for uh, a patient support program. We really cover all of those areas where a patient would be connecting back to the manufacturer. Um, but then a lot of what we do with our, we have a platform called Liquid Analytics. Um, the, the goal of the Liquid Analytics platform is really to pull data from many different providers. We you know, standardize it, consolidate it. Uh, we validate that we're getting the right level of information. And then it comes back into uh, an environment where analytics are performed. And the outcome of those analytics typically is driving patient support activities. So, uh, you know, if we're seeing patients not being adherent, you know, why? How can we out, you know, reach out to them? And, you know, there's nursing support that's provided. Uh, if it's an injectable med, it might be, uh, you know, injection training. So really we're trying to close the loop with uh, providing, you know, or helping patients get information when they first look to, to come on drug, uh, all the way through getting the medication, and then all of the support services that manufacturers and even pharmacies are providing uh, to those patients, we try to bring that all together and really provide a view for the manufacturer to understand what's working, what's not working. So how does MSA tie into all of this? Uh, what what are what um, partnership was created with Management Science Associates and how's that working? So the, a little bit of a history. So, you know, when we first started the platform in, I believe, 2012, um, and Shabir and his team are working with the pharmacies. Almost all of the pharmacies were happy to sign a business associates agreement with Liquid Hub. They would send us identified patient level information, and then we would master that on behalf of the manufacturer. We'd pull it all together and make sure we had a consistent patient ID so that we could track that patient as they moved around the network. Maybe they changed pharmacies, maybe they dropped off therapy and then came back on. But the goal was really to understand how many patients do we really have and where are they in the, in the life cycle. Um, and really over the past probably 18 months, we've seen a couple of things happening. One is, you know, obviously HIPAA and high tech are important. Um, everybody's more concerned about patient information flowing between partners. Um, so we started to see that some pharmacies were saying, you know what, we're not comfortable with this anymore. We're just going to give you de-identified data. Um, and when you're de-identifying data different ways across different channels, it really provides a problem for the manufacturer to be able to tie back, uh, you know, even a simple question, how many patients do we have on therapy, became incredibly difficult. So what Management Sciences Associates has is a uh, tokenization and a de-identification engine, um, and we created a proprietary version of that. We happen to call it E3 because it's a, a three-step encryption. Um, and it's a technology that sits within the pharmacy data center. Um, and as data is extracted, it runs through this engine. Uh, and the goal of the engine is to use demographic and some other um, you know, algorithms to come up with a set of tokens that can match against a master patient database. And the idea is to generate a, a, a code that is consistent for that patient no matter where they go. But then it's de-identified, so you don't know who the you don't actually know who they are, but you do know that there's an identifier so that you can follow them through their therapy. Does it also give you metrics like age, demographic, uh, sex, um, uh, you know, uh, possibly even geographics? So it's interesting. So you, some of the, the the fields you just referenced are exactly how we create these tokens or how we create these IDs. So. You know, we work in different models, and Shabir, you, you can probably touch on this better than I can, but we do get uh, patient-level information in certain cases, but the goal of this MSA identifier is really to allow us track, as you said, Todd, it's de-identified, 
but we can track them wherever they go. So we know if a patient drops off therapy and then appears at a different pharmacy six months later, it's the same person. It's not two different patients. Sabir, what about, um, what about wearables? How are you going to, or is it even, even thought of yet that, hey, there's lots of patients out there who are accepting their uh, disease state and they're embracing it and they want to be a part of it. They want to be adherent. And sure enough, they're wearing a wearable so that, so that other facets of, of them injecting uh, activity and their diet and what they're doing um, is, be, is being captured. Now, they're doing it for probably their own, um, you know, their, their own interest, per se. Um, lots of those wearables will collect how many steps you've taken, how much you're exercising, what your heart rate is, how much sleep you're getting. But has Liquid Hub or, um, or your partnered organizations looked into wearables in order to collect some of that data? So I think we're at sort of a very early stage of that, Todd. I'm not sure um, it's truly being used. What I do know is actually happening is that, uh, you know, once again, kind of going back to data sets, I think we're at a stage now where folks are evaluating uh, data in that space to understand how it can truly be used. Um, but I'm, you know, I do see it coming. I, I do see it happening over the next couple of years uh, as that data becomes more available. And I think it also goes back to, uh, you know, from a privacy perspective. Uh, well, one, I think, you know, there's going to be a, a certain part of the population of patients that will actually share that information, either right. with manufacturers or or the, even potentially their health plan, uh, to enroll into some sort of uh, incentive-driven program. Uh, that could that could drive uh, better better outcomes for their disease state as well as uh, help help multiple parties uh, and, and caregivers and physicians kind of monitor their uh, progress. But at the same time, there's going to be a large part that that's not going to want to share that information. And I think kind of bringing the conversation back to what we've tried to do is we we are trying to collect data across all patients, and and by de-identifying that information. At the minimum, even though we we may not be able to act on a very specific patient in that manner, we would be able to actually look at a whole from a statistical perspective. Exactly the question you asked is, if we had a product, uh, you know, use Humira for instance, uh, and and we were looking for disease progression and, and certain clinical markers, and, and patients were willing to share their information from Fitbit or some other product. Um, and, and tying that together in a de-identified way would give pharmaceutical manufacturers the ability to understand uh, at a more granular level you know, where, how, how these products are affecting the lives of patients. Uh, so I, I, I absolutely see it coming. I, I think we're still very early in, in doing that, but I don't think it's you know, decades away. I, I think we're within the next four to five years for sure. So I also want to understand, and if you're listening, please, uh, this is fascinating, go to liquidhub.com, uh, very easy to remember. But um, just the backgrounds, you know, it, you know, I know where I came from. I came from the telecom industry, and I got into uh, pharmacy and then specialty pharmacy. Tom, what's your background? How did you get into all this? So, Tom, my background started out as a technologist. So, uh, you know, way back in the day, started out as a software developer, um, primarily, my career has been in consulting. I've got 20 plus years in the consulting world, and I'm located in northern New Jersey, which is kind of the, the hotbed of pharmaceutical manufacturers. So at some point, did a project in pharma and kind of kept doing them. So uh, most of my career has been 
around data management and analytics for pharma manufacturers and mostly working with their commercial teams. So think sales, marketing, uh, managed markets, medical affairs. Um, prior to Liquid Hub, I actually ran commercial IT for Roche Pharmaceuticals uh, and then spent a little time with Genentech. So uh, my focus is really around the manufacturer and how they use information to, you know, again, better support that patient experience. Sabir, what about you? How did you get into all of this? So, so Todd, I think I, you know, I probably started um, you know, right right out of school. I actually got involved in um, really consulting with, uh, with with having a really good mentor in the consulting space in in health insurance. So, I worked exclusively for uh, health insurance companies for several years, uh, and and actually uh, focusing in on pharmacy directors and pharmacy departments. And and through that work, uh, I founded a company that did actually uh, that did. Uh, prior authorization uh, processing for health plans. Uh, we did that for over, you know, I think we had a membership of almost 30 million patients at one point. Um, and, and really, the, uh, when I was doing that, this was probably you know, a good uh, 13, 14 years ago, and specialty pharmacy had just started out as an industry. So, and, and I got involved uh, working with and for specialty pharmacies, uh, understanding where that business was going. Um, and, and through the work I was doing with health plans, really see that space grow. So my focus has been probably specialty pharmacy for the past uh, you know, uh, decade or so. And then when I got to Liquid Hub, uh, I once again focused on uh, actually both the, the pharmacy uh, health insurance slash PBM space and, and more and acutely in the recent couple of years uh, of pharmaceutical manufacturers. You know, there's so much to talk about, and I try to keep these to a specific uh, amount of time, but you guys are going to have to come back because now you, you got me even more interested than I was uh, at the beginning of the show. So uh, <laughs> we're going to have to have uh, you know Tom and Sabir back to talk more about Liquid Hub and the evolution of partnering with specialty pharmacies, but then also uh, manufacturers, and then even possibly um, you know tying... Uh, tighter uh, testimonial and uh, feedback from the patient. I think you guys have your fingers on the pulse of what is uh, digital health and and how it needs to be leveraged to really make sense for better outcomes. So I applaud you. I'm a fan um, and uh, I'm excited to uh, to interview you guys. Thank you, Todd. This is it's it's been a, a huge growth area for Liquid Hubs. So we're excited as well. We're uh, it's it's been a great last two years. Well, thank thank you. You. Thanks, Todd. Thank you. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. We were on with team members at Liquid Hub, and we thank you for listening. <laughs>